following program was paid for by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. The views and opinions expressed on Answers Live are not necessarily those of the staff and management of the station. Management has not investigated the claims made during this program. The views and medical recommendations of guests on Answers Live are not necessarily those of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. As always, consult your health professional regarding any medical decisions. Welcome to Answers Live, your community medical connection, making a partnership of good health. The studio lines are open for your calls and questions. Call 973-267-9687. Now, here's your host, Tom Wood. Good morning and welcome to Answers Live, your community medical connection, creating a partnership of good health. I'm your host, Tom Wood from Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist. We are the largest subspecialized neurosurgical group in the state of New Jersey, and we bring you Answers Live every Sunday morning at 9.30 with different guests on many different topics. Just going to give you some information on Atlantic Neurosurgical. To reach us, it's 973-285-7800, and visit our website at www.ansdocs.com. Again, that's ansdocs.com. And about mid-April, you'll see a new launch of a new website that's going to be more educational with a lot more videos, education, and a lot of new things happening at our group. <clears throat> Just to let you know, our newest office, again, is in Bedminster, but we've moved, so let me give you that new address. It's 2345 Lamington Road, Suite 107, and that's in Bedminster for our Somerset County patients. Now you can actually see us right down there um, instead of driving up to Morristown. Um, our new addition, again, that you've uh, listened to a couple weeks ago is Dr. Yaron Moshel, who specializes in the brain tumor specialty, making the impossible possible for some of those brain tumors that you hear are inoperable. Um, you know, give us a call and speak to Dr. Yaron Moshel. Um, he's making some miracles happen here at uh, ANS. And also our spine center now is launched. So if you're suffering from back pain, you can actually call us from the onset of your back pain and be evaluated by one of our in-network physicians to see uh, what course of uh, treatment. As you know, most surgeries at our group, uh, 80 to 90% of people with back pain do not need surgery, but we can help you uh, down that path by referring you to pain management and chiropractor and really monitor your back health. So that's a little bit about ANS this morning. Again, thank you for listening to Answers Live. Um, this morning, I'm excited to bring you another uh, new and great guest that you're going to be hearing um, a lot of. Um, I'm going to be bringing her back a few times because of her specialty. Um, her name is Dr. Liz Mathias. We're going to call her Dr. Liz from this point on. That's what most of her patients and people uh, call her is Dr. Liz. Good morning, Dr. Liz. Good morning, Tom. How are you? Thank you so much for being on the show. A little bit of information um, to get your pens and pencils ready on Dr. Liz. Uh, to reach her office, it's 973-400-8371. Her website is psychconsult.weebly.com. And again, you could always call her to get that again. Um, you can email her at matthias.elizabeth at gmail.com. And again, her number is 973-400-8371. Okay, good morning again, Dr. Liz. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm very excited to speak to you today on this topic. Um, you have so many specialties uh, pertaining to children and psychology. Um, like I said, we're going to be bringing you back for shows on ADD and ADHD and autism, which is very interesting. But today, our topic is screen time. And before we get into that, uh, let our listening audience know a little bit about who Dr. Liz is. Well, thank you. Um, my name is Dr. Liz Mathias. I am a clinical and school psychologist. I have my uh, degree, my doctoral degree from Fairleigh Dickinson University in good old Teaneck, New Jersey. I'm a Jersey girl. Yes. And um, I specialize in working with kids with ADHD, autism, and anxiety, 
parents, um, working with parents and parent coaching to help them manage the difficulties that come with raising a child with special needs or just sometimes parenting in general because that's a very difficult task no matter how prepared we think we are. Right. And um, I just I just love the work that I do because parents are able to go back, do their homework, and come back and have success. And it feels good for them, and they have, they're able to manage their children's behavior, their anxiety, and so forth. So it's, it's really a great process. Great. Well, thank you so much, <clears throat> and thank you for that specialty, which helps us all parents out. Uh, Lord knows, uh, being a parent, we all come across challenges with our kids, and it's great to have an expert that we can actually uh, speak to and find out. To speak to her, uh, Dr. Liz, directly today, the number is 973 973- Two six seven nine six eight seven. Again, it's nine seven three two six seven nine six eight seven. Take advantage of speaking to Dr. Liz directly today. Okay, today's topic is called screen time. And when um, it was proposed to me, I'm like, what is that? And I guess I kind of uh, the obvious one is the amount of time our children are spending on anything with a screen. Correct. Um, so let's start off by explaining to everyone that's listening to us is what is screen time. So it's time spent in front of a technology-based screen. Anything that has a screen such as an TV, a computer, um, iPod, iPhone, iPad, tablet, uh, video games, texting, playing games on any of these things, the Nook, the Kindle, or any technological device that's used for entertaining or used to gather information. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, that's something that's happening. Uh, I was talking to you before the show with my son with the texting. So even that <laughs> is considered screen time. Yes. Uh, as a parent, <clears throat> it is annoying when your kid is buried into these things. And I've always thought that there's probably some part of it is probably not the best thing for your kids to do. When we were younger, I'll say, well, I was younger. You look a lot younger than I am. Um we didn't have that technology. We had a television, and that was even limited. Our parents were smarter, I think, back then <laughs> than we are today. They would limit that screen time or the phone time, even though it had a cord on it. You know, you had 10 minutes to speak to your friends, and it was over. So I think it's really out of hand, and you hear different sides. Oh, you know, they're very smart. They, you know, I hear people say, my two-year-old, you should see them on the iPhone. They whiz around that. I don't know if that's really good. So basically, what qualifies as screen time? Is it just like what you said? <clears throat> yes. It's at time that you're spending in front of a screen as opposed to interacting with another human being or spending time alone and just being in, in the moment and doing something other than playing with some form of technology, okay. which I know nowadays is like, well, what do you do? I'm bored. <laughs> right. That's something, uh, uh, I don't know if my son is listening now, but eventually he says that a lot when things, it's raining or his friends came over, uh, I'm bored. And unfortunately now I even say, well, go on Xbox, do something, right? <laughs> it sh I should have said go read a book, but I do say that, uh, go on Xbox. But why is it necessary to set the limits on screen time? Why, why is this not good? Well, because we're losing a lot of our ability to connect to other people. We connect virtually but not in real time. And when we lose that time spent together, we lose our ability to, to really talk to other people. We lose our social skills. We lose our ability to problem solve and, and resolve conflict in face-to-face. -face. And we still need these skills because we're eventually going to, these kids are eventually going to go to college. They have to be able to cooperate and communicate with professors and deans and, and admissions officers and registration and eventually interview for an internship or a job. And if they don't have those skills, then you have a bunch of people who are very awkward. Right. So do you actually feel that this, I mean, my thought on it is especially the texting. There's no, even me, I, I text, but sometimes I get frustrated and I end up calling. 
Uh, I think it's just because it, you know my age and but you must lose this like you said this social interaction with people and a lot of times in texting even me I'll receive a text and I start to get annoyed like what do they mean by that right. and cuz there's no there's no inflection in texting there's no and and the bullying that can go on with texting and this uh, the facebooks and the twitters and and that even to me is concerning what's your feeling on that I think you're right you lose a lot of that richness and the ability to talk to another human being, listen to their voice, watch their body language, a lot of that nonverbal communication that is needed for human interaction. And when you text, you may mean it as a joke, but the other person may not interpret it as that. And then how do you use your caps and your punctuation and your emoticons and all of that? Like, yes, I think we're trying to bring in that element of face-to-face and bringing the inflection through text, but we still need to talk. And losing, I just, I feel very strongly about that. We can't lose the ability to communicate. And I know nowadays, too, teens don't really use their phone necessarily to talk, but it's to text. Right. And a lot of plans are made through texting, which, again, there are benefits. I'm not here to trash or, like, say screen time is horrible because there's benefits to it. And and it's the way of of the future, and we can't just go and hide under a rock and pretend like it's going to go away because it's not. Right. But we need to find a balance, right? And and what would you what would you say would be a balance? Because I did notice that now with my son, he uh, is going to be fourteen actually on Wednesday, and um, I think it's just because of the age. But his communication with me or my, or my wife is not what I would like it to be. But yet, when I hear him with his friends, his his core group, he's articulate, he's funny, he's talking. But I do notice with adults or other people, he he's somewhat shy and introverted. But on texting, man, he can just go crazy. And, and my fear is he's going to lose that ability to have the conversations with adults. And like you said, when he goes to high school and he has to articulate himself, um, does it affect the psyche or we'll use the word to say the brain itself? And how does it like these kids who sit on Xbox? Thankfully, my son is not one of them. He plays it. But there are times we'll all go in and he'll be texting or watching or doing something on a screen. And he doesn't even know you're present. Yeah. Like. They're in this weird zone or something. They hyperfocus. Is that what it's called? It's called hyperfocusing. And what happens with that hyperfocus? When you're hyperfocusing, it can be beneficial, but when you're hyperfocusing on something, there is your all your attention is and all your senses are focused on one thing. And what that means is your brain is not taking in information from the rest of the environment. It's just focusing on that one thing. So in some ways, like when you're watching TV or you're watching a movie, there's just it's very passive. Your brain is in a passive mode. And I notice from my own children, when they come out of watching TV, they get very aggressive and very agitated. And I think it's that now they're making that shift from being in this very passive mode to now taking in information from their environment and they're overstimulated and they're agitated. And they go from being in a passive mode to an active mode. And we can't get keep our brains in that passive mode of taking in information for too long because that's not the way we were created. We need that stimulation because it promotes brain development and neuronal connectivity and all that good stuff that helps us to learn way beyond our childhood. And, you know, from the studies that show that you need to keep learning, you need to keep challenging your brain to prevent dementia or to slow down the process and to stay healthy and vibrant. 
Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, with the screen time, like you said, when you get into this hyper focus, um, we have some. Again, I think it'll be more for other shows with you. But um, since you brought it up, um, we have some friends with children with autism and um, some with Asperger's and autism that type of. And they are when we we I watch them, they're so focused into say the game, and they're actually when they come out of that it's like they have you it's it's almost impossible to break them out of that mode and like you said i've i've witnessed it they do become violent when they're out of that mode and so for people listening and even uh, you know people who have children that don't have a disability um how do you break that and and is it harmful for your children to spend hours and hours and you know i have nieces and nephews and and it's it's come part of when we go out we say bring those iPads because it keeps them occupied. And Lord knows I've done it where, you know, like I said, if my son is grounded <laughs> today by chance and, and because he can't use certain things, it ends up being like a punishment for me because he has nothing to do. So now I'm bored. I don't know what to do with it. So you just feel like saying, take the, take the iPad, go, go That's on fair. your Xbox, mm-hmm. do something. And I think we recreated this type <clears throat> of environment. So how does it, is it really harmful? Does it aid or, or cause ADD to get worse or better? Um, how does that translate into some child psych- psychological um, issues or, or, or disabilities? Does it? Well, I think that the more their passive kids are passively taking in information or being engrossed in something that doesn't have any true benefit other than just sheer entertainment, I think we're losing skills. We're losing academic skills. We're not using those skills. And we don't, we use those skills like those critical thinking skills. We don't just use them when we read a passage in school. We use them all the time when we're problem solving. Like I want to, there's something in your room and let's say you're trying to get to build something or you want to I don't know. I'm trying to think of like, I want to post this on my wall and maybe I need to get a shelf and just doing that whole problem solving process of, okay, so I need a shelf, but where would I put the shelf and how big do I need the shelf? And, you know, I need to talk to my mom or my dad about getting the shelf and where are we going to go? Do we go to Home Depot? Do we go to Lowe's? Do we go to the local hardware shop? Those problem solving skills are so a part of our everyday life. But when we're engrossed in those things, those areas of thinking and problem solving and being creative. I think we've lost touch with our imagination. And I know my son will always say, I'm going to need my iPod for the car ride or else I'm going to be bored. And I say to him, no, you need to look out the window. Right. Look out the window and look to see what's around you. You're going to miss it. Right. And I feel like he needs to look at his environment. All all my kids and all the kids in general, they I want them to look in their environment and see like, oh, those trees don't have branches. Or that looks like that tree was burned down. Or look at that cloud and like just doing the silly games that I think like our grandparents played with us of look that cloud looks like a crocodile but it's rich it's that richness of incorporating information from our environment because I think what happens also physiologically is we then can't process all the information coming from our environment because we only focus on one thing right you're right and we need that you get very easily overstimulated and you shut down. Whereas if it's something that you're constantly doing and your brain knows how to do it, you go into an environment like a party, right? And it doesn't have to be a big wild party, but like a big gathering of people, birthday parties for kids or parties for adults. And some people are very, very intimidated by that, by the fact that there's a lot of people in the room and now they can't process where everyone is. There's a lot of chatter. There's different sounds and you can't predict it. But that, I think, also comes from the fact that you're isolating yourself and not 
living a life where you have all this information coming at you all the time, where your brain learns like that's the humming of the light bulb, that's the humming of the refrigerator, you know, that's the lawnmower outside. And your brain just learns to process it, take it in and just and turns it into background information. But if you're not doing that, then every sound in the environment sounds horribly overwhelming. Okay. And you just want to shut down and then avoid those interactions. But the more you avoid those interactions, it's a big cycle. And I think as parents, going back to your point, just have the iPad. It'll keep you quiet in the restaurant or on the car ride. As opposed to, you know, kind of rolling up your sleeves and going, it's going to be a tough for a couple of days, but there is, I'm not going to give it to you every time you're bored. Figure, figure it out. I'm bored. I'm bored. I don't know. Figure it out. What, what are some things that you can do? I'll give you some suggestions. Now go find something that you like. Okay. That, that is, uh, I have to ask you 100 questions on what you just said. I'm going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to jump right back into that. I'm Tom Wood of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. Suffering from neck or back pain can truly disrupt your life. Every day, I hear of the stories of people whose lives have been devastated by nerve pain, but who are afraid to see a neurosurgeon. They're scared of surgery. But at Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists, we make getting back to the life you want possible using a variety of minimally invasive treatments. Our group of specialists are among the best trained doctors in the state, the leaders in stroke and minimally invasive spine and brain tumor procedures, and we view surgery as the last option. Don't be afraid to end your pain. Trust Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. We have eight offices throughout New Jersey and are affiliated with most healthcare systems. Call 973-285-7800 or visit us at ansdocs.com. That's ansdocs.com. Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist. We've truly got your back. Welcome back to Answers Live. You're with Tom Wood from Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist. I'm with Dr. Liz, and we're talking about screen time. Um, we're getting so much information. This is one show I definitely wish was an hour, but we're going to hit as many more uh, topics as we can on this, and then we're going to bring Dr. Liz back. She's agreed to it to do a couple more shows um, on many different topics. But let's get back into what you were saying. What you said was so true, um, and it really stimulated some questions in my mind, um, especially with children that have these autisms and these intention, attention deficit disorders, which is very personal for me also. Um, not learning the skills of life that that really hit me hard and and how do we how as parents do we break that cycle because you're right i think that's a lot of it i do notice when um, kids come out of their mode like you said they are violent or when they go into rooms they're like oh it's so noisy in here i can't stand it or in the car ride they're fidgety and they're agitated and they get anxiety and it never dawned on me, maybe that's why. They, they don't know. what Their brain can't process all this stuff going on. So as parents, what do we do? How do we break the cycle? How do we limit our kids? How do we deal with dealing with our kids when they're not happy with us because we're limiting it? And, a lot and, of questions there. but And I think the hardest part of it all as a parent and speaking as one parent to another, it's that emotional part of it of my child is upset and bored and I don't know how to make it better. And I think that's our natural tendency and to make it better. I want to fix it and make it better. My approach to things is never to go cold turkey. I'm very gradual. I like to do things on a step-by-step basis because that's when change happens and that's when change doesn't hurt so much and it becomes permanent. So limiting, kind of scaling back. So like there was, I, when I was looking up how many hours 
according to the literature, children are spending on screen time per day, according to the American Academy of Pediatrics, seven hours. That's wow. equivalent to another school day. Right. So they're going to school and coming back and spending another day on screen time, which is, it blew my mind. Even though I, I'm in tune with this, it still blew my mind. So what do you do? You scale back. So like my children are younger. So there's no TV. We, we don't turn on the TV Monday to Thursday. And then I'll, from Friday on, it's an hour a day, no more. They love their little leapfrogs and their iPods and all that stuff, but I limit it as well. Like, okay, you can play, but you have this much time to do it. And then I, I'm giving you a warning, and then it, you're coming off of that. Right, so you're setting those, those ground rules and standards. Um, we have a call, actually. We have uh, Blair from Denville. Good morning, Blair. You're on with Tom from Answers Live, speaking with Dr. Liz. What's your question? Well, here's my question. I know I'm, I'm one of those parents where our kids are very involved with screen time, so I get that whole how to get them away from it. But then there's that little part of you that's like, well, Silicon Valley, there's all these people making millions of dollars programming and, and these video games. And I think a little part of you know parents think, well, if my kids get really technical, really good, they're going to be involved in this kind of future way and that that'll parlay into their future career. I know that sounds crazy, but I feel like a lot of these kids that are becoming very successful in that world were kids who had a lot of screen time. So there's a little weird part of me that's like, is it so awful? You know what I'm saying? No, I'm not saying it's awful by any stretch because technology okay. is here to say. I, I get that. Like, I, as I said, I am not bashing screen time and technology. There are absolute benefits right. to it, and I value where it's, it's helpful. But I think at the same time, like anything, anything too much of anything is going to be bad. We need, right. we need to find a balance between human interaction and human time so that we can build those skills that we want all our kids to have so they can go on to be those successful people. Right. But right. but at the and same time, we have to limit it. Sports. I always find if you keep your kids at least in their sports and practicing a lot of days a week, it mm -hmm. actually cuts the screen time down by a lot mm -hmm. and gets them outside. Yeah, and, and <laughs> like you know what? And you know right. what? I, I think that there are some things that we can do. We can say, hey, there's going to be no TVs in our bedrooms. There's right. going. We're going to limit the amount of time that we're on 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 all these screens. As parents, we want to watch what we're how much time we're spending on the screen right. and and back off from that. You know, um, no watching TV or having that screen time during meals. Like that's family time. And if it's right. not the entire family is there, it's okay. Having some people there and having talking about the highs and lows of your day. That's something I I talk about with the parents that I work with all the time. If whoever's at the dinner table, I know it's not always practical to have a complete family dinner, but whoever's right. at the table, sit down and talk about what were the highs of your day and the lows of your day, because that's also finding the balance in, in our life, like not, and for parents also to contribute to that conversation, because your kids need that perspective right. that you have a life and you have an identity outside of their home, outside of the home. Right. Exactly. I know. I have friends now that every kid has their own iPad. I'm like, you see, they would share one, and at least you'd separate the amount of time on it by he gets it for 20 minutes, you get it for 20 minutes. I have homes where there's like four iPads, three laptops. I mean, there's no way to not be on a screen. Right. It's, it's so available. But I've also so. said to parents, take all of it. <clears throat> and lock it up somewhere. Right. And it comes right. out when you say it's okay. And I know it gets harder with adolescents, but <clears throat> 
There are parent controls that yeah. parents can uh, use to control the phones and the amount of time that they can be on the phone and the amount of text that they can run. So I think I think we need to take advantage. We need to be the parents again. And right. that's a huge right. message that I give. Right. I'm the parent. One, I'm in control and I make the rules. Sure. One more question. Statistically, boys or girls worse or is it pretty much across the board at this point? You know what? I haven't seen anything to differentiate. Uh, the gender differences on screen time. I think our right. kids are all, th there's a huge lure to it. But at the same time, there are benefits. Like our kids are, I'm watching my preschooler right now learn how to write letters and do, learn some sight words and phonics through some of these educational apps. Right. And I'm happy right. for that. And I, I like that. It, it keeps her involved because it's pretty and it's colorful and there's sound and music. And so, okay, I like that. So you, when you have your screen time, as long as you're doing something that's semi-educational, not just, you know, Princess Barbie and putting her makeup on, right. then right. I'm cool with that. Or shooting zombies right. in the head. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank, right. thank you so thank much, you. Claire. Appreciate you calling. Thank, thank you so you. much. Bye -bye. Uh, that was Blair from Denville. Those are great, great questions. Um, I'm getting close to the end of the show, but I still want to touch a little bit on a few things we were talking about. So limiting it is is something that really, as parents, that we should really do is limiting. Um, I recently found out, um, I'm not advocating for any any phone company, but um, I happen to use Verizon, and they do have a family control center thing that you sign up. It's only $5 a month, and I've actually utilized that recently. It gives you a dashboard, tells you how many texts your kids are texting, how long they're on the phone, um, how many pictures dad downloading, and you can control Monday through Sunday the whole week when they go on, when the phone goes on. From your phone, you can shut it down. You could limit it. And I've started using it. Wasn't very well received. Uh, didn't get Parent of the Year award. But I do feel good. Um, like I said, he needs to go to sleep at a certain hour. Um, I saw texting was occurring after midnight. I've seen this and that. Granted, we're in the adolescent phase, so it's a lot different than younger kids. But um, I've always believed you have to be the bad guy. You have to control this. Um, I've always believed what you said, so I'm glad you kind of um, confirmed my thoughts. Is they're losing social skills. I do think technology is amazing, like you said, with your daughter. My kids have learned a lot from leapfrogs and all the earlier types of things. I think it's amazing. There's so many things out there. But the violence, the limiting, the zombies and these, um, I don't even know some of the names. Thank I'm not a, I'm not one of those people. <laughs> um, I can't even control it. I'm the Pong guy with Atari. So that was about the extent <laughs> of what I'm good at. Hey, I love um, Pac-Man. <laughs> yes. Those were, those were fun. You know, you ate little dots, not killing people and all right. that kind of stuff. Right. Um, do you think that has anything to do with what's your belief on that um, with children and violence and, and you know, it's probably another topic that we can bring you back for. But, you know, the shootings, these young kids going into schools and violence and guns, do you feel in your own clinical and personal opinion it has anything to do with growing up with these games and focusing and hyper-focusing on violence? I think if we take a step back, it has a lot to do with, I'm hearing you say, I had to be the bad guy. Right. And I think as parents, we have to remember, we are the adults, we are the authority. Our goal is not to be our kid's friend right. and they're not going to like us all the time and that's okay they don't have to um and setting those limits is really really important and you, and they don't need to like it like i can't emphasize that enough but we need to be able to say we're not playing black ops we're not playing these games that are really there's it's very gruesome i, right. I mean I, I was kind of turned off by it 
as an adult, and I'm able to interpret and understand this isn't real. But I, I've also seen a lot of parents come to me and say, my kids are having, my child is having a lot of nightmares, and there's a lot of fear, and there's a lot of anxiety. And I think it's opening up a domain where they can't develop mentally. It's just not appropriate for them to process that information. Right. So we have to find the developmentally appropriate games, too. And just for because them. your child is saying, well, I, I really want this and my friend has it, right. the answer is no. Peer pressure. Well, Dr. Liz, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, she has agreed to come back. We're going to uh, delve more into this topic. We're also going to do some shows on ADD, ADHD, and autism with Dr. Liz over the next couple of weeks, probably hopefully sooner than later if you would come back. I want to thank you again, Dr. Liz, for coming. Again, um, that was Dr. Liz Mathias. To reach her directly, to make an appointment, to um, seek out counseling or advice from her, it's 973 400 8371. Again, visit our website, AnswersLiveNJ.com, to re-listen to this show. Give me about, like I said, a week and a half to two weeks to post it. You could also link to Dr. Liz's site from there. Thank you again. Have a wonderful Sunday, and I will speak to you next Sunday. Join us again next week for Answers Live, your community medical connection making a partnership of good health. The preceding program was paid for by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. The views and opinions expressed on Answers Live are not necessarily those of the staff and management of the station. Management has not investigated the claims made during this program. The views and medical recommendations of guests on Answers Live are not necessarily those of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. As always, consult your health professional regarding any medical decision.